Hello, welcome to the Fantastic Grotto. My name is Rudy. Joining me is my lovely co-host Tasha. Welcome to our Cave of Wonders as we discuss movies, television, thingamabobs, and all things fantastic. Miss Tasha, I believe you have a question for us today, don't you? Yes. Question, Ooh. question of the week. So mm-hmm. technically, the day that this drops is Wednesday, so the next day is going to be Thanksgiving, Turkey Day, gobble gobble heifers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the question is, when you go into Thanksgiving and you see all the food on the table, what are you there for? Are you there for the meats or are you there for the sides? Oh, the sides, hands down. Hands down the sides. How about you? Yes, the Thank sides. You. You gotta Give love the, the sides. Yams. Give me the collard greens. Give me, oh, this, give me all. Give me the, the macaroni and cheese. It's what I'm here for. The potato salad, all mm. of it, all of it. That's what's your favorite side? Mm, no, top three sides. I'm not gonna do that to you. Not just one. That's rude. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, in no particular order. Okay, so collard greens. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mashed potatoes mm-hmm. and stuffing. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right, so if I have to pick my three, mm-hmm. two of them are the same as you. I need my greens, and I need my stuffing, and then I need my candy yams. I make Ooh. amazing yams, by the way, guys. My dad taught me. My dad's from the South. Top tier, just so you guys know. I also make a sweet potato pie, make you smack your mama, but we're not even going to go there because <laughs> that's not what today is about. Okay? Now I'm hungry, though. <laughs> you made me all hungry. <laughs> so you guys let us know. What are you there for Thanksgiving? Are you there for the sides or are you there for the meat? Because I feel like it's a side party, baby. Let's do this. Anyway, how was your week? <laughs> uh, good. And guess what? I almost died yesterday, last night. I feel like you're being dramatic, but I'm just going to play into this. What happened? I am, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> yesterday was my uh, cousin's quinceanera. Mind you, they're twins. Mm-hmm, and. Mm-hmm. I can confirm that aging truly is a real thing because while I was on the dance floor, I felt like dying. My legs felt like they were ready to snap in half. Yes. My knees were ready to give out. I was out of breath and I was dancing with my aunt and I love her so much. And she was like, Rudy, you're younger than me. And I was like, I know, but I'm out of shape. <laughs> I, I had to go sit down. I couldn't do it. Oh my gosh. I gave the dance floor as much as I could. I could not do it. I need like a bath, like just a really good bath to like properly feel better. You so. need to soak in Epsom salt. Oh, that would be nice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, life comes at you fast. It's thirty whooping your ass. <laughs> it is, and I feel like it started when I was twenty nine. I just noticed my body just getting tired more, and thirty mm-hmm. just really like gave it a stamp of being like, oh, the boom, and yep. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like gotta do your stretches. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, was the and- party fun? It was, and it was a enchanted forest theme, very beautiful. Ooh. And I was telling this to my cousin straight up. I was like, "I'm glad you picked a nice theme and a nice color dress, because some girls don't know what color, like color." <laughs> to go with. So I told it straight up, and everybody was in agreement. They're like, "Yeah, you look good." So it was a really nice, like emerald green dress, very beautiful. And um, her brother, he wasn't left out because they're twins. So actually, today is their birthday, but yesterday was the party. Yesterday was the quince. Mm. And it was just so much fun. My grandma was there. Like, my sister came into town. My dad, surprisingly enough, was dancing. I've The only time I've ever seen him dance was at my sister's quinceanera many, many years ago. Wow. I know. I've never seen that man dance. I was like, who is he? Like, I don't like... <laughs> Where's my so dad? collected. Yeah. And he was just, like, going crazy on the dance floor. Like, okay. All right, dad. I'm proud of you. That lets you know he used to really be out here doing it and he had y'all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. He even danced with my mom for a little bit. Mind you, they're divorced. So I'm glad, trust me, they're all in a great place. They, they can communicate. It's all good. It's just, I did not expect those two to ever dance ever again. So I was like, oh, all right. They're having a moment. Yay. Good That's for them. good. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> but again, no, yeah, they've been like on good terms for many years now. So I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. So you, did, you didn't almost die. You just realized you were 30. Welcome. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the reality check I needed. Apparently, yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Go get some salt and you know something <laughs> and a heating pad for your knee. Drink my vitamins, all of that. Yeah. So funny. Okay, I guess we can get into it. Today on Fantastic News, these are the stories that recently caught our attention this week. Warner Brothers is in hot water again. The live-action film Coyote vs. Acme, starring John Cena, was set to be released allegedly this year, but the studio decided to give the release date to Barbie. And so the studio decided to shelf the film and write it off as a tax write. 
But now <laughs> there is a governor wanting the government to step in and investigate this because, if I'm correct, this is now the third film being shelved as a quote-unquote tax write-off. Correct me if I'm wrong. Because I believe they first started with Batgirl, no? I know they did Batgirl. I know they mm-hmm. did this one. I can't remember what the other one was, but I actually feel like they shelved... I think they feel like they shelved more than three movies. Right. Yeah, because I know there was like a... I think it was like a holiday Scooby-Doo film. I did not know that was going to come out. So that was... It was so movie. many of them that they just went through and just sliced and diced. Things that were finished that could have been put out. Maybe they were not good, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I I think it's so sad that they keep doing this to movies. And more mm-hmm. than anything, it's greedy. Because instead of putting it out and letting it feel like it can fail or succeed, because some things may succeed, they might be sneaker hits, sleeper hits, or even um, some things that maybe don't do good in the movies, but then they get like cult followings. Like mm-hmm. Rocky Howard Picture Show was one of those things that maybe didn't do amazing, but now it's a, a classic. Even Nightmare Before Christmas. So... There is this idea that we don't get cult classics anymore because they keep scrapping things. And it's just insane that they're able to not release something. So now actors don't get their residuals. So many people don't get their money. But the studio still gets a tax write-off. And it makes them money for not releasing a project. And then they don't have to pay people. Mm -hmm. Wild. I agree about um, that it feels like it's been more than just, quote-unquote, three films that they've been doing this to. It feels like it is more. Mm-hmm. And Warner Brothers has a weird history now when it comes to movies and actors and directors now at this point. Remember that whole mess with the Wonder Woman uh, 19, what was it, 84, 83? Why am I forgetting? 86 film? 84? 84. I think it was 84. Yeah, we didn't like that movie, guys. We liked the first one. We loved that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one, the, one the, um, the villain's reasons were weird. Yeah, no, yeah. So just... I remember there was this whole weird issue with the streaming and all this. It's a whole other story. But yes, yeah, just Warner Brothers is just doing something really weird. And question, were you aware of this film before it was announced that it was being shelved? Mm, I mean, he's funny. I will give him that. But at this current moment, John Cena isn't exactly a draw for me. Me personally. Me neither, but he funny. is a yeah. huge star. Uh, no, yeah, well, Hollywood loves the, the straight white trope. The straight yeah. white, white male trope. Yep, they uh, love so. him. And he went back to... WWE Raw or one of them like this year and he was there and The Rock was there and it was a big thing for the for the wrestling fans like he yeah. still he still it brings in the coins for from his audience you know what I mean and you know WWE is a ridiculous mm-hmm. ridiculous money maker so yeah you and I we're not his audience but his actual audience is huge and they spend the money so like, what is a regular film without a star going to do if a studio decides, hey, you know, we need a tax write-off. We need to find a way to make some extra money. And then they just decide to scrap your little film. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Speaking of um, audiences, so they did test screenings for this film. And word on the street is that the test screenings were really positive. People like the people that did go see them really enjoyed the film. So it's like. Okay, if you know this one, because I know with Batgirl, the producers looked at it and were like, no, we cannot release this. This is not good at all. So that's understandable. I get that. But if you're screening your film early. And, <laughs> but they oh, still let like, out the flash. I don't care what y'all say. They could have screwed oh, that. Yeah, it's true. You're right. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that too. And here's the thing. So apparently this movie costs reportedly $72 million to make. Yeah. And now they're writing it off? Writing it all off. That's crazy. They're able to, and they're able to make more money writing it off than they are releasing it mm. and here's the thing too uh, oh i always say that don't i <laughs> but uh here's <laughs> the thing uh so the movie because i didn't know what the movie was actually about i was like okay so what is this movie about so wildly coyote was suing the acme corporation for selling bad products that's why he could never catch the roadrunner mm-hmm, will mm-hmm. forte is supposed to play his lawyer and john cena is supposed to play one of the corporate suits from acme and it was supposed to be like Space Jam where it's like half live action and kind of half animated. So that's mm. cool. I am not going to lie. I did not want to go see Space Jam 2. I was like, no, the original is just so good. And I, I don't ruin this. It doesn't need a sequel. Did you watch the sequel? Yes. And I thought that it was perfectly fine for this generation of kids. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This generation I think, kids, yeah, okay. when, when people watch it and they're like, it's bad. I'm like, go back to the first Space Jam. 
Uh, put your nostalgia in the closet. Put it away. Don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> and when you put it away, you realize Space Jam is mid, bro. It just is. When you pick your nostalgia back up and you remember being a kid and you remember it being so cool to actually see your favorite cartoons with your favorite basketball player, that's what makes it better. So if you were a kid and you're watching the exact same friggin' thing, except now it's LeBron instead of MJ, it's perfect for this generation of kids. And the kids loved it. I don't know if you noticed, but they sold a ton of merchandise. They did really well for the market that it was supposed to do well in. Yeah. Just to like kind of bring it back around and get us back to the point. Uh, Warner Brothers is full of it. I uh, well, here's the thing. Do you think they're really going to shelf it after all? Yeah, I think so. They said they're doing it already, right? Uh, yeah, they say that now. Who knows? Maybe because apparently there was backlash too. Because some a lot of fans were upset. I'm like, oh, okay. Let yourselves be heard, guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. I Warner Brothers is just not doing things that make sense. I agree with you though. I would go see this for our second story. We wanted to discuss the new trailer for Disney Plus's new show, Percy Jackson. And Chelsea, have you seen the trailer yet? I have. It's really good. Have you seen it? I did. I was impressed. Uh, I seen the mo- the original movie only once in high school, many, many moons ago. And I don't know why I just didn't click with it. It's just been so long ago. I don't really remember it as much. So, did you read? So I'm guessing was- you also didn't read the books. No, but I know there's a f- like quite a bit of them. And it ha- like the books also have a huge following. So I know there's yeah. a little fan base there. Yeah, it has a really loyal fan base. I have read others of his books. So, um, Rick Riordan or Rick Gordon, I always say his name wrong. I know how to spell it though, guys, I promise. Um, my god sister used to read his books when she was younger and I used to make a point to read the same book she was reading. But so I've read others of his books, so I do enjoy his writing style. He makes really good kids books. And I didn't hate the first Percy Jackson movie or the second Percy Jackson movie. But again, I didn't read the book, so I can't really say if they were true to the source material. Right. But a lot of people who've been seeing the trailer for this one have said it seems like it's closer to the source material and they also enjoy like the casting of it. And oh. mm-hmm, because I don't think in the book that the girl that he's with is a black girl. Mm-hmm. And it's a black girl in the in the show, in the Disney Plus show. Please don't tell me she's getting backlash. Um, again, I'm not tapped in enough to know. Well, I'm a liar. I did she did get a little bit of backlash, if I remember right. But, um, you know, it's that's just kind of what it is what it is. But yeah. trailer came out a few days ago, and right now on the Disney Plus YouTube channel, it's at 6 million views in three days. Ooh, there you go. So, clearly, the fan base is fan basing. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. There's also another, te- the teaser trailer, which came out two months ago. So, three days ago, got 6 million views. The teaser trailer from two months ago got 8 million views. So clearly this trailer, in a shorter amount of time, got almost the exact same amount of views. So people are really digging it. Back to me not really clicking with the movie. I like Greek mythology. So that's why I'm like, why didn't I click with this movie a long time ago? I don't know. You know what? I wonder if it's because I've seen like Troy with Brad Pitt. And I like Troy. Troy was a good movie. I like that one. So I don't know. Maybe I just was more used to that type of like greek type of movie i don't know i don't know why i didn't click with it maybe i have to rewatch it maybe i just didn't appreciate it enough or maybe i was just doing something else maybe i was on my phone i don't know i, I think at that time i was already on facebook <laughs> maybe i was just more obs- uh, obsessed with that maybe that's yeah. what it was I, don't Listen, know, but... I didn't again didn't hate it but was not don't know much about the source material might swing through and uh read the book real quick before the show comes out uh, I think it's 12 episodes, and I think it'll be out, I think, next month, actually. Yeah, December 20th. And yeah. I remember Logan Lerman, he was the lead. He played Percy. I remember liking him. That I do remember. I just don't really remember most of the film. Uh, I remember it. I feel like if you go back and you watch it, you're going to be like, it was okay. I don't think you'll be like, it's amazing. Um, And I also don't think that you'll say that you hate it. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, if it was just okay, then it is what it is. So. Uh. I mean, it's good to put on in the background while you're doing other things. You know how you have those movies that do that? That's not good, though. I want a movie to capture me, like, capture my attention. But I see what you mean. Sometimes you want, like, background noise while you do laundry. Yeah, so like I that. I get it, mm-hmm. yeah. 
like casually look up at the screen and you know you don't have to rewind it so i see what you mean but Mm -hmm. uh, that's also not good though because if you're gonna watch something you want to enjoy it it's like no i don't want to waste my time on something i mean i didn't i'm saying i don't think you won't enjoy it i think you'd be like yeah i'm glad i saw it one time i'm glad i know what happened Mm -hmm. i'll rewatch the first one the second one i'm like no i'm good i'll just watch the first one but again the trailer i'll check out the first episode actually no wait hold up i believe it's two episodes premiering yep Mm -hmm. okay all right i love a a double episode premiere (laughs) do you think that disney is worried do you think that's why they're doing two episodes no 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 because um you don't watch this show but rap shit on HBO, which is the Issa Rae show. She's not on it, but she created it, produced it. Um, Rap shit premiered with two episodes as well, and I think that that's just a thing that they've been doing now. A lot of things do. WandaVision premiered with two episodes. It did. That one did really well, so good for her. So, you know, I don't think they're scared. I just think that that might be the formula for releasing things that are more streaming. Ahsoka also came out with two episodes. I could be wrong. Did Loki have two episodes? I can't remember. No, I think I don't know. I think Loki. I think I think Loki only had one, but I can't remember. But Loki's a boss. He Loki could have put out fifteen minutes and then said, "Come back next week for the next 15. and we'd have all been like, "No problem, Loki. We be here." Tom Hiddleston. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh... Are you excited to see this? series the answer is yes my answer yes, is I'll give yes it a so percy you have my attention finally so i'll give the show a chance so t- two episodes on december 20th we'll check it out for our third and final story we wanted to cover the red carpet looks for this year's soul train awards we did a somewhat red carpet look for celebrity halloween parties this year mm-hmm. so we wanted to give a little shout out to some of the best dressed people on this red carpet you want to know who mine is Ooh, let's go. Let's go. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I feel like you're, it might be the same as yours because, you know, Coco Jones. Ah, mm. yeah, she looks so beautiful. She's wearing this beautiful brown leather look. It's so amazing. I'm also just here for Coco because she is having a hell of a moment. The awards themselves won't be shown until next week, Sunday. So, of course, we'll, you know, do a little just a little talk about it but yes coco is looking so good to me i'm amazed by by that like brown look on her mm-hmm. um and then it's like off the shoulder and then there's a zipper and like one hand has a sleeve oh, it's fine she's best dressed and also i love that soul train always has a purple carpet love that and so yours is coco as well it is i love her and i'm just glad she's doing so so well and i i'm ready for any new projects that she drops i know she's on the beller reboot right yes do you watch that no uh, i know so i've heard good. good things about it i've heard good things about season 1 i know season 2 has come out already like it's been mm-hmm. out for some time already so i've heard good things about the show and her on the show that show is so good that show is so good, and, and I, I love the changes that they made. It's it's. I wish more people were watching it because it deserves all of the hype that I'm giving it. It really does. Also on the red carpet, you know, flying a boss. Those girls who do the rap song where they run. Hello, mm-hmm. Christ. I'm about to sin again. Those girls. All of them. Okay, yeah. I love how they look. So I like I love their look, the choices they make, the ears. It's just such interesting fashion choices. Mm-hmm. I can't wait, and this is not shade, but I can't wait for it to become even more refined. Kind of like how Gaga, for a time, her weird looks were so refined and so cool. And it was like head to toe, like hair, makeup, nails, everything, and even Doja Cat. I can see these girls doing that. And so I'm I'm glad to see them on the carpet. Oh, you know who else look like I really like too? Who? Tamar Braxton's. Oh, you know what? Sometimes I don't enjoy Tamar's looks. Like they mm. just don't hit for me. Mm. But this dress is very classy. Right? It's elegant. It's sexy. It's mm-hmm. just it's a good fit on her. Like it's is this what, what's considered a mermaid dress? Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. And I don't know, because we've been just, like, talking and talking. Did we talk about Kiki yet? 
No, we did not. Kiki also looked good. She ate. I'm so proud of you, Kiki. Love Kiki Palmer it. is hosting the Soul Train Awards this year, guys, which is so amazing. So proud of her, as as usual. Like, I know her in real life. But, you know, you kind of grow up with people, and you feel like, hey, girl, well, we, wait, wait, uh, we You friends. know her in real life? No, I'm saying we feel like we do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I got excited. I was like, what? How can we never talk about this? Okay. Girl, girl no. Um, so, <laughs> I'm just excited that she is, you know, living her best life. Uh, and last week, you were talking about Janelle Monae. And mm-hmm. how you were saying, oh, you don't feel like sh- the album got enough attention. And I was like, it's funny because in my world, I feel like it got a ton of attention. Mm-hmm. Just for her to be um, nominated, not nominated, but getting the Soul Train Award for the Age of Pleasure. Spirit of Soul Award is mm-hmm. what she's getting. And it's only one person. And this award is for projects that have shown the true meaning of freedom and expression through all facets of entertainment. The Age of Pleasure was such a good album. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So she's getting the Spirit Award at the Soul Train Awards, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about it last week that you felt like she needed to get more um, accolades for this mm-hmm. album. So look, it looks like people agree with you. Thank you. You know what? I think for me, just because I, well, this is just me. I've noticed that people were more focused on the like, oh, she's being so sexual. And I'm like, yeah. And yeah, like, and uh, we talked about this with Chloe Bailey. It's like, yeah, like she's grown. Like we've seen other female artists do this. Like this isn't new, you guys. Like why is it so shocking? I get it. She was more covered up, but if you paid attention to her music, if you really paid attention, she's been doing like some more sensual type of stuff too for some time now. It's not just this album and this look and this era. Like she's been doing this. That's why for me, I was like, why is everyone mad? Mm-hmm. Like so, that's just me. So I'm glad that the album is getting more recognition. So congratulations, Janelle. Congratulations, Janelle. Congratulations, Kiki Palmer. And that's all we have for fantastic news. If you have anything fantastic that you would like for us to discuss, please send us a message on Instagram at the Fantastic Grotto. And now we are going to take a quick short break. Welcome back. Thank you for bearing with us for that tiny break. I did want to take a second and tell everybody, please follow the show, like and subscribe, give us a rating. It genuinely makes a difference. We appreciate you for doing it. We say it a lot. Also, leave us voicemails because we want to add your voice to the show. Let us know what you think about our fantastic news segment or about the main topic for today, which is the new Hunger Games movie, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Or is it A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes? Is it A or The? I think I'm pretty sure it's they. It's like it, like we read the book, so that's why I'm just kind of like really like none of us can remember. No, it should be the yeah the the ballad of songbirds. Yeah, the <laughs> okay, <laughs> so like, it came out this weekend. I saw it. Rudy saw it on our Instagram right now. You'll see his out of theater reaction. So you should be watching that at the Fantastic Grotto. It's also going to be on our TikTok, so you should check that out. But Rudy, tell us more about what you felt about this movie. Just a little quick, like, which felt. Okay, so first off, because we read the book not that long ago, I, like, kept waiting for certain scenes to, to, like, pop up, right? So it's like I knew what was coming. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. still, seeing it come to life, it it felt good. And it felt good Mm -hmm. being back at Panem. Yeah. I love the cast. I love the way everything looked. The costumes. Again, this is many, many years before Candace's time. So not everything can look as extravagant as it did during Candace's time. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it. I want to see it again. And I still want to take my dad to go see it. Because he took us, um, my sister and I, to go see the original four films a long time ago. No, actually, I don't even think he saw the last two with us. I think he saw the first two, just not the last two. Just that the last two? I uh, agree with you. I really enjoyed this film. Was very excited to be in Pan Am. Um, thought everything worked. So in my opinion, the things that are baseline for a good Hunger Games movie are the costumes, the makeup, uh-huh. the set, the fight scenes, and the visual effects. That's pretty much the outline of all of the Hunger Games movies, right? Yeah. And I want to ask you this, too, because we read the book. So I know we've had, you know, the things we liked from the book, the things we didn't like from the book. Tone-wise of the film did, because I know we said, like, oh, once the game's wrapped up, 
midway through the book and then it just completely changed. Did that bother you here? No. But I think that if we're going to do that, then maybe we should probably get into how we're going to go through this review. Mm -hmm. So first thing, top of the top thing to let you guys know, this is a full spoiler review to let you know really quickly without spoilers. Rudy and I both liked it. We thought that it was very well done and we think that you should go see it. Pause here. Go see the movie and come back because we finna get into these spoilers, okay? Oh, we liked it. Let's go. So the movie, just like the book, it has three parts. Um, so the the opening really it like tells you part one, and then in the middle of the movie you get part two, and then at the end of the movie you get part three. I absolutely loved that they did that. They've never done that in any other Hunger Games movie. So I enjoyed that. With that being said, the way we're going to cover the review is we're going to do part one, part two, and part three. Got it? That's Good. you. Um, so I, before it said part one, the first thing that it opens up with is a scene of Panem during the war. And Corio and Tigris are running through the, I guess, the court ha- courtyard. I don't know. They're outside. It's cold. You hear bombs going off. They're running to the trash so that they can get food. And as they're trying to run back, they see some man go over to a dead woman and chop her leg off. Uh-huh. And he asked Tigress why she's doing that. And she said, because he's hungry? Is that what she said? Or because we're yeah, at war? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Which I thought that it was very important to show us that the people in the capital understand how you can go into survival mode when you're hungry. It didn't seem, now that I'm explaining it to you, you kind of see like the symbolism there. Because, like, they never, ever showed us in any other Hunger Games where anybody in the capital was hungry. You You're only right. ever see the, yeah, you only ever see the districts being hungry. So now they're actually showing that the capital completely understands how much of a savage you can become when you want to survive. And so they know what they're doing to these people. They gotta know. But on top mm-hmm. of the fact that it's, like, morally just horrible and corrupt yeah. and these kids into these games so yeah. they, they know it's happening in their own mm-hmm. they know because they've you know. been through it because they show us this in in this movie wow anyway so we open up on part one and the name of part one is called the mentor so tell me what you felt about part one part one well when when that um, title card popped up I was like oh just like in the book so that's mm-hmm. one of those weird things where I'm glad I read the book uh, not because I understood just because it's like oh I know where this is from so mm-hmm. do, do, you, do I feel like you need to read the book to get this movie no I don't think so mm-hmm. not at all but I just felt it was like oh okay I totally get this if you're a bookworm if you just read the book in general you'll know what this is I liked it I liked who they cast as uh, Corio Snow Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, I was so impressed. He was so charismatic, and he was likable. And I know you and I had talked before about how villains don't have to be likable; they could be straight up despicable. It was really nice to see, like the academy, like that whole opening ceremony. I thought that was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And I just like seeing a little bit of his home life. I like what we got as the opening so far, and also Lucy Gray. I did like her as well. Question for you: Did they ever say she had a southern accent in the book? No. So one thing I liked about this book is how much time we spent in 12, right? Mm-hmm. But we, but that's in part three, so I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah. But knowing that it's a coal miner town, the accent makes sense. As far as like part one, I enjoyed that we open up and we see Corio and he's very gaunt and he's very skinny. So we understand that he's very hungry and he's starving. Mm-hmm. And in the first scene uh, where we open up, well, not in the first scene, it's like the second scene where he's grown now because the first scene was when they were children and he's trying to get dressed and he goes and he goes looking for his cousin in the book. It felt very selfish of him. Like where's Tigris? She's supposed to have my stuff. But in the movie, it gave him more heart. He goes out, he makes a joke with the grandmam. He said, Hey, do you know where Tigris is? And she runs in with the shirt and he gives her this hug and he thanks her so much he has so much more heart in this movie based off of just that scene. I was like, I already like this character more than the character from the book almost immediately. Absolutely. Same here. 
Um, and then I know you were saying about the school. I loved seeing the school. Love the Pan Am uniforms. Come on, skirt, pants, and jacket. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I said, not all of the pieces. Yeah, Love that. It, you know what I thought? That was so relevant to today's modern world with some mm-hmm. like models or even like some male celebrities. I was like, oh, that's very trendy for today's modern world, even though this takes place many years before Katniss's time. But okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Go and, off. And like we said, costumes make a difference and they are heavy in Hunger Games movies. And I was like, yes, costumes. They walked in, the wardrobe said, we got this. Don't worry about it, guys. But but we go in and we see the school. And after seeing him be all gaunt and then go into the school and lie about how he threw away food. So now we know he's lying. We know that there's something going on. We don't know what. But we're like, he's poor. He's pretending like he's not. Uh And it was a cool way to show us that. I like just about every change that they made from the book. For example... In the book, there were two prizes, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, there was a prize for being the best student. And then midway... scholarship, right? mm Mm-hmm. And then midway through, after Sejanus did what what he did, which which we kind of already know, because if you listen to the podcast, that means you've heard the episode where we talk about the book, where he hopped into the uh, arena, Mm -hmm. that's when the second prize came up, the Plinth Prize. But in the movie, it's only one prize. It's just the Plinth Prize. I think that makes it better. I think so, uh, just because... It, you didn't it, even remember it just now. You were like, oh, yeah, so see, it worked. No, yeah, I think so, too. I think it works. Plus, I feel like it makes the stakes higher, where it's like, I have mm. to win. I need to win. Mm-hmm. And the actor sold it to me when he was disappointed when um, uh, Dean Highbottom was like, yeah, it's going to be just one prize, and can't be what, what do you say it can't be based off your grades like i forget what it was that yeah it's no longer based off your grades it is not yeah. going to be based off of whoever thank you and um, he sold it to me you can tell mm-hmm. he was like just in desperation he's like i need to win this at all yep. costs yep they tell them that it's no longer based off of your grades because if it was coriolanus would have won so now dean highbottom is physically snatching now it's more evident that dean highbottom is taking it from him so they're like, oh, no, it's not if you have the best grades now. It's if you are able to help us get people to watch the Hunger Games and you need to make your victor into a spectacle. That's what he tells them. Mm-hmm. Make your victor into a spectacle. And then the reaping happens. And they read off the names, yada, yada, yada. But then we get to see Lucy Gray in her dress. Okay. What do you think of that shot? I liked it, and I'm glad that we're talking about the dress. I was going to ask you about that because I remember seeing it, um, not seeing it, but the way it was described in the book, and I thought, huh, okay, because her, her dress was described several times throughout the whole book and even mm-hmm. in the games. So to see it in person, I really liked it. It was giving circus. It was giving otherworldly, just like her. You know, she's otherworldly, and I loved it, and I think it's going to – it stood out to me. And I really liked it. And also the way she was introduced, it was the mayor's daughter because she didn't say that in the book where she's like, oh, let's see you get out of this, Lucy Gear, something like that. Because I feel like you only see Corio watching her put the snake behind that girl. And then she sings. I love that scene of her walking up. I loved her putting the snake during, down the girl's back. You know, I, yeah, like, no, I can't really look at snakes. Uh-huh. So I did have a rough time watching this movie. Had to keep closing my eyes. Um, but I like that when she gets on stage, when uh, the mayor smacks her <laughs> and she gets on the floor and the peacekeepers come to get her and she puts her hand up like, no, I'm okay. okay. <laughs> Very dramatic. <laughs> and then she starts singing. Oh my God, this girl's voice. So good. Be- she- it's so good. The way they work music into Hunger Games mu- movies in general because the first Hunger Games movie, the the first scene with Prim and um, and Katniss, uh-huh. she actually sings to her after she gets up from a um a, a nightmare. Yeah, it was a she, lullaby. I remember. Yeah, so they actually there's a lot of music in Hunger Games books and films. When you really close up. Mm-hmm. But strange enough, because I feel like the singing was very prominent during certain scenes uh and i know we'll get to the later scenes with on but i didn't mind it i liked it on top of the fact that we read the book so we knew it was coming but when mm-hmm. you have a good singer like rachel to it and it you really can tell like, 
It does. And you can tell, like, her character was feeling that. So I believed her, like, the way she sang it. Uh, I really liked it. And I liked how she bowed, too, at the end. She's like, here we go. Let's get this shit mm-hmm. started. Like, All right. She's like, she's fine. Here you go. I like that moment also because you see Corio, you see it click. You see him watch people watch her singing because they, they show it like we're in the reaping and then we pull back and we're back in Pan Am and we're in the Capitol and they're watching her sing and he's looking around and he's seeing like people are people are liking this. People are liking her. Okay. All right. I need to make somebody who's interesting. I need to make somebody a spectacle. I already have a spectacle on my hands. He had an aha moment right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we forget, uh, <laughs> what did you think of Viola Davis? Oh, my God. I was She's smiling. So good. When she, yes, I was smiling when she got on the screen. I was like, hello, <laughs> Dr. Doctor. Oh, my God. Dr. Gall's Dr. madness. Gall. So far out of her mind that it almost feels like maybe she's just smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one big cat and mouse game. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. like I loved it. Is she a nut job or is she just so smart that I can't keep up? Doctor Gall was amazing. Loved her again costumes. That's what's good in another Hunger mm-hmm. Games movie. Her that first costume. I love that her eyes are two different colors. Hair and makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, hair and makeup, all of that is hair and makeup. Her eyes being two different colors. This big, large hair of hers that she had, and it's gray, well, salt and pepper. And that first look when she's in there talking to the kids about the Hunger Games, and she has these gloves on. Uh-huh. Uh, beautiful. And beautiful. you know what? On top of the fact that she's this amazing actress, and listen, she has several awards for several reasons, you guys. That's how good she is. But I... I'm glad that she didn't play this like a cartoony villain where it's like, oh, I'm crazy. <laughs> no, like she was in control of the madness for this character. Mm-hmm. And I love that you can tell she was happy. But you know what? Even on our social media, we posted her being in a, interviewed about her character. And you can tell she had fun with this yeah. character. And I'm glad she did, too. It's like Viola, chef's kiss. Love mm-hmm. you. She was my favorite character, by the way. <laughs> she was my favorite character as well. She was my favorite character in the book, and she was my favorite character. Yay. And Lucy Gray is my, was my second favorite character. She did great. And Coriolanus is actually my third. In the but, movie? Yeah, I actually like him in this movie. I hated him in the book, but I loved him in the movie. Yes. Um, so I want us to move on to um, him and Lucy Gray getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... We know he goes into, like, we, we covered all this in the book review, but there was a change. I want to cover this one change okay. from the book to the movie where after the arena gets blown up, which it felt really important when the arena got blew up, way more important in the movie than it did the book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the movie, it was like, oh, my God, the arena gets blown up. This is a moment where the two of them bond. It was supposed to be important in the books. It didn't land as well for me as it did in the movie. Mm-hmm. But after the arena blows up, this is a change where he goes, he wakes up, he sees her singing again. She's on TV singing because it's the night before. He notices people are really into this. And he goes to the arena and he scouts the arena. He didn't scout the arena in the book. Mm-mm. And I'm glad they made this change too because I feel like the producers noticed. I'm sure this is something you and I talked about. I'm sure they noticed, hey, uh, there's some really good moments in your book that you're just kind of moving forward from mm-hmm. that could have been dealt just a little bit longer. And I'm glad this was one of them. It made him feel invested in Lucy Gray. Like, let me go do some legwork to investigate so I can bring her some information. Oh, and, and the other change was he gives her the rat poisoning. In oh, the book, the little compacts? Mm-hmm, in the book, he just emptied the compact and told her to use the rat poisoning that she knew was around because a rat had bit Jessup. He was sacrificing more for Lucy Gray in the movies than he did in the book. He's just a better, he's way more likable. Mm-hmm. He's way more likable Yeah. in the books, in the movie than he is in the books. Mm, one quick thing. I want to talk about his classmates really quick with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to talk about, what was her name? Clementia? I think she was the one that got bitten by the snake in Dr. Gall's office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was still part one, right? Correct me if I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. 
it's because they really jumped over this whole scene. Obviously, we see that play out, but I remember reading the book, like, there was this whole thing about, like, oh, you guys got to write this report. And I remember, since we spent a lot of time in Corio's head, he said, oh, I'm going to have to write this all on my own. So I just felt like certain things were rushed because I feel like... So uh, the reason why in the books, just to remind you, in the books, and it happened in the movie as well, that young lady dies. When they go to the zoo, they slit her throat. Oh, her? Yeah, one of the people yeah. that her throat. Uh-huh. So when she gets her throat, that's the same night. So no one expected Dr. Gall to, to ask for the homework. So that's why she doesn't help in the book and in the movie. But he still wrote his assignment because, you know, he stays focused at all times. <laughs> no, yeah, because for me, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I am so glad I read the book because I want to talk to friends who have not read the book. I want to be like, hey, did this moment make sense for you? Just because I felt like that was really rushed, that particular thing, even though it's small, but still, just for me, I'm like, mm, I enjoyed I... that they cut out so much of the school stuff. Yeah. Did you notice that? There's yeah, no none of the classroom stuff. That's was like I like every change they made. So I'm saying this because I feel like they cut out all that classroom stuff so that we could get physically in the arena. Because in the book, remember you and I complained, we were like, we didn't see anybody die. What uh-huh. happened? There's yes. nothing going on in the arena. But because we weren't in the head of any of the tributes. So this one gave us more in the arena time. So I think that's where they took it from. Yeah, because it took it took a while to get to the games. Because in the movie, by the time we got there, I was like, oh, cool, we're here. Because they you, you spent a lot of time in Corio's head and at school. In the and, books. Yeah, in the books. Yeah, so I'm glad... <laughs> we were jumping just getting right to it. And I was like, all right, cool. I feel like we were in the games within, what, 45 minutes or so? Yep. They got to the games real fast. So in the first scene of part two, which is called the arena, right? In my list of things that make Hunger Games movies is it's the fight scenes. And in every Hunger Games movie, there's always that first fight scene when you get in the arena. Mm -hmm. It's a huge fight because people are fighting over food that's there and the weapons that's there but in the book Lucy Gray just runs mm-hmm. she just runs away and so she does we don't get to even in the book they don't even really describe it that much or in detail or in depth like we do in the Katniss book yeah she was hiding so much because you're watching from Corio's perspective mm-hmm. and all she does is hide and nothing else she doesn't even take part in that first um, big fight scene in the books but in the movie they gave her a reason to stay in the fight scene. This was another change that they made that I thought was delicious. They made Jessup sick immediately. Mm-hmm. So instead of him kind of slowly getting rabies, the first moment as he's in the arena, he has the rabies and he's just teetering around. And Corio told Lucy, leave Jessup. And she said, Jessup's my friend. I'm not leaving him. So that shows us a couple of things. It shows us Corio is fine with you. Uh, completely leaving, abandoning a friend. Leaving a friend to get killed to save yourself. And it shows that Lucy is not. And she proved it because she had no weapons. She cannot fight. Jessup was walking in circles. And she went and got him. And that part was so well choreographed. I agree, because I remember thinking to myself, wait a minute, wasn't she hiding immediately? Because it was mm-hmm. intense. It, mm-hmm. You're back in the games. You really, truly are. And you know what? In a weird way, I'm kind of glad I didn't rewatch the other movies, because you really just brought right back, back into the intensity of it. This movie was intense, actually. That's what I said during my reaction, too, um, when I came out of the theater. And I really liked it. It's nice seeing how everything was small, because... I know the way it's described in the book. You're like, okay, I'm trying to picture it. But to see it come to life, you're like, okay, this makes more sense. I don't know why. I you mean for- small in comparison to the Hunger Games from the Katniss era, right? Yeah, because yeah, in yeah. all those movies, like the arenas were much bigger versus here. It was so small. I was like, dang, they don't really have that much room space to like hide or get away from everybody. So mm-hmm. then again, it was only the 10th games. So yeah. it, it does make sense. It was so very... I don't know, caveman, if Early, the, right, the right word. Yeah, yeah. Early right. in the history of the games. Yeah. Okay, so I, I wanted to ask you, Lucky, that's his name as the host? Yes, uh-huh. Didn't he kind of steal all his scenes? He was amazing. 
He was uh, Jason Schwartzman. Uh, so good. I loved him. I liked the little funny moments he had, too, because I remember he was canceling a reservation yes. <laughs> during the games. That was hilarious. I didn't know he had a wife and son. Good for him. <laughs> but he was like, for so two good. in a high chair? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like it was Stanley Tucci, right, that did the original role? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like it was a way to like honor the character without it feeling like a complete ripoff. There's also that moment with that girl who's coughing and he called her work walking tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. Oh, I feel sorry that, for that joke? Girl. Yeah. I, I was feel like, so sad for her. Lucky, you're <laughs> so, so mean. <laughs> <laughs> they made it funny, so he was a good comedic break for me in this kind of dramatic movie. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to talk about say Janet really quick before I forget about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the actor they chose. I felt he was also charismatic because if you remember, I did not like Cygenis at all. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is so annoying. But I liked him here. I did see book Cygenis still in this character. I just feel like the actor made him more likable. Likable, mm-hmm. bearable. Yeah, because in the book, I was like, oh my gosh, dude, shut up. So even though he was fighting for the right reasons, but still, I was like, oh my god. He gosh. felt whiny in the book. Yes. In, in the movies, he feels like he's... um purpose that he has a purpose and i want to talk about the moment when he snuck into the games because i thought this was weird and i'm glad we read the book mm-hmm. but i remember when he was in the games i remember dr gall sent choreo into the, the arena mm-hmm. if you remember they said listen we're gonna mess with the cameras we're gonna make it seem like it's like 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 video uh, like complications we're gonna like darken like darken the screens that that way they don't see you guys and i'm like so no i know they kind of touched on it but i feel like the book touched on it a little bit better touched on what a little bit better i'm confused about what you mean yeah so remember how like the cameras were like all over the arena uh-huh and they said they told him that they were going to make the cameras darker during that book. moment in the book uh-huh but in the movie they don't mention that at all i know they said that like what what was it they, that they said but i know they didn't really mess with the cameras they uh, so in the book they're like go because we're telling you to go but in the movie they are they're Dr. Gall comes up to him and she already knows that he has potential because she's read his his proposal about how to make the games better. So she knows that he's he's somebody that understands what the games are about. But then she tells him, I can't have any more security leaks. I already have to cut the tongue out of the peacekeeper that Sir Jane is bribed to get into the arena. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that made more sense than what it was in the books because the books it was like go because we said so, where <laughs> here it was like it's a security leak. I trust you, Doctor Gall was like I trust you. Go get him because he's your friend. As far as the cameras go, they do talk about the cameras in the movie. So at one point when they're in there, let's talk about when he goes into the arena. He's in the arena. So Janice is is trying to get the dead body like to give it breadcrumbs so it has food for crossing to the other side. Corio goes to get him, tells him, this is not how you make change. You make change from the outside. And then the tributes go and attack him. And he's running and he hits the boy twice, boom, boom, in the face. And he could have stopped there. Mm -hmm. But he paused. And he looks at him and the boy is down. And he hits him again. Yeah, he had a dark moment. Yeah, he had a very dark moment. Cool to see, but so you're just like, whoa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whoa. But the reason why I bring that up, because it answers your your um your camera question. The black girl, I don't know, I don't remember what her name is, but the black girl with braids, she was also a mentor. The next day she was like, This kid clearly died. They're not telling us how he died. There's cameras everywhere there. Why is no one telling us what happened? felt like that answers your question about cameras. Kids were saying, they're like, there's something off here. Mm-hmm. They, they brought it up. But then something else happened, something else big happened, and it immediately threw them off course. But they brought it up. I still think, I said this in the book review, I still think Dr. Gall blew up the arena. That's another thing. There's not enough blood in this movie. Okay, thank you, because I was going to bring up back to what you said about that girl that got stabbed with the bottle. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking to myself, like, oh my gosh, we're going to see blood. I did not see one single drop of blood. No. And I'm like, this girl had no. literally a broken bottle to the neck by one Mm-mm. of the tributes. Mm-mm. They cut Marcus's neck. If we're going to say that's his name, because I'm going to believe you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I, just, I believe okay. you. They cut his neck. There's no blood. That opening scene with all the fighting, there's no blood. And I went back after this movie, and I watched the opening 
scene of like going into the arena, that first big fight scene of the arena, I watched it in the first Hunger Games movie. There's tons of blood. You think maybe two things, right? Two th- okay, obviously they could have gone rated R because you know you have all this killing going on. It could have been this bloodbath. They could have gone there, but obviously because of movie sales and tickets, not movie sales, but movie ticket sales, they want more people to go and see it. So had it been rated R and this franchise having such a young audience, do you think that's why they kind of were holding back from the blood so that was my initial thought i was Mm. like oh maybe this one is not the same rating as the other one Mm -hmm. this one is rated pg-13 all of the other ones are pg-13 as well Hmm, interesting this is my second thing do you think because of how should i put this real life things going on in the world do you think maybe they like cgi'd the blood um, I don't think they CGI'd the blood because there was no blood, but I think like well, kind of what you're saying is like they didn't put the blood in because of the way the world is right now. I think yeah. that I think that's what it is because baby, that first time in games, I was like, am I bugging? I remember it being blood. Yeah. And I watched it and there's one part where they like slash somebody, you don't see it, but you see the blood on the knife. You don't even see the blood on the knife in like most Marvel movies. It's true. And I hate that too. Sorry, that's irrelevant. But I remember one character had her like throat slit. I think it was even in Pat- Black Panther, actually. And I was like, wait, where's the blood? So, where's the blood? Uh huh. Yeah. It was the, the, one of the Dora Milaje. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. I remember. But yeah, yep. you're right. Killmonger like, slits her throat. You don't see any blood spray because you should mm-hmm. see blood spray when you slit a throat. I think there may have been a little bit of blood on his knife because we were mid fight scene, maybe, but it wasn't as much as it should have been. Um, but maybe this says more about you and I <laughs> <laughs> that we are here like give us blood there will be blood no, no it's because you know what too I think it's because we were expecting certain things because again those moments were shocking like mm-hmm. the, 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 like it was just random I remember that chapter just ending with that girl getting that bottle to the throat I was like <gasps> so that's why when it happened I was like oh my gosh here it is it's happening it's happening and then of course it, they immediately move on and there's just not one single drop of blood and I'm like blood. Uh, it should at least she should at least be in a pool of blood yeah. Corio's hands barely had any blood on them when they pulled mm-hmm. them away from her anyway it's fine there just needed to be more blood yeah. but um so we're in the arena right mm-hmm. final scene everybody's dead I don't really want to go through all the kills go see the movie guys mm-hmm. I just want to talk to you about and I don't even want to talk to you about Jessup getting sick even though that was really cool and Lucy running from everybody mm-mm I want to talk to you about when Lucy was the last person in the arena, when they dropped the snakes in there. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the visuals of when they dropped the snakes in there? And what did you think of that scene of Rachel singing when it was just her? So when they brought in that huge, like, tank, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, boy, I know what this is. Obviously, even though they teased it earlier in the film, I was like, oh, boy, this is it. I know what exactly what's about to happen. Here we go. And it is scary on top of the fact that you and I are afraid of snakes. So mm-hmm. that's why I was like, Ugh, I know it's CGI. I know it's not real. But still, like, it was just so gross to watch because I was like, oh, my gosh, what if this were real? But visually, it was pretty cool. Um, it was creepy and scary how, like, they would crawl up all over some of the other tributes bodies. And I think even the last boy standing, the one that tore down the flag, he was standing, right? Or he mm-hmm. was like, and then he just like gently laid down he just like fell they completely enveloped his body Mm -hmm. these rainbow snakes oh they're so gross (laughs) and they find their way to lucy and then she starts singing and i I wanted to say this because i'm going to say this as a joke um i feel like she was singing like a taylor swift type of song because if you notice all the girls were singing back at the i'm not not singing but crying back at the capitol (laughs) i was like oh this is a swifty type of song that only the swifties are crying that's what it feels like that's what it's giving so i also really enjoy that she's there and she's singing and this is once again where they give us coriolanus having a heart because dr gall walks in on the tributes and everybody not the tributes on the mentors and everybody watching the scene Oreo was like she won get her out and of course people are like why isn't she, why aren't they attacking her and he just lies and say maybe it's her singing she's calming the snakes down remember she said that she can do that with her voice 
Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, <laughs> okay, because they, they they don't know what's going on with these snakes. Uh-huh. And then people start chanting, let her out. Let, let her, her out. out. And Dr. Go, you can tell she was like, something's not right with my snakes. I don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. but something's not right. I made sure they were ready. Something's not right. Mm-hmm. And she also looks around and she sees what she wanted to see, which is people invested in the games, which was her whole point. Also, by the way, we didn't talk about him, but uh, Peter Dinklage as Dean by Highbottom. Amazing. Yeah, and I feel like we got the right amount of screen time. Like, it wasn't too much. Yeah. It wasn't too little bit. I feel like it was him. Plus, also, I'm glad we got to see more of Dr. Hall, to be honest, mm-hmm. between the two. So I just feel like it was the right balance of both those two characters in particular. Uh, just a quick little shout out to say Janice being like, monsters, you're all monsters. I love that moment. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. He was in the movie less than the book, but I mm-hmm. feel like he was so much better. I mean, we said that already. I think that about covers it up for part two. Now, let's move on to part three, which is the Peacekeeper. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. Tone just completely shifts. I kind of like this part two. Don't get me wrong. I liked part two more. But part three, there was something strangely grounded that I kind of liked. I don't know. I feel like you get to see him live, even though he's under a strict schedule. No, I'm lying. He's not living if he's under a strict schedule. In general, just like like an overview, I felt like part three was rushed. But that's not saying I disliked it. I understand what you mean by the tonal shift, which is why I really liked, because they were able to to give us basically three different tones in this movie because of those cards that come up and tell you part one, part 2.3. So you kind of expect something to change. So that's another reason why I enjoyed them putting that on the screen like that. You're like, he's on a schedule. So what do I mean by he's living? Mm -hmm. You know what I think you mean? Mm. That he's experiencing something different than the capital. Yes, there we go. Thank I think you. That's what you mean. You know I'm the worst at words, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, because um, I felt the same way. I was like, I feel like he's finally experiencing something different. And first, it was he's experiencing something that he doesn't want to experience. He's getting sent initially to eight, but he paid them to send him to twelve. Uh-huh. I don't remember if that's what happened in the book, but it was. I really liked it in the movie. It was like I'm going to get my girl. Yeah. <laughs> So also, again, I remember you we like talked him. about this during the book review. I remember I said when say Janice showed up on the on the was it District Twelve or train? Because I know in the movie it's on the train, but was it on the train as well in the book? No. So in the book, he shows up after Corio has been in basic training for a while. Uh-huh. In the movie, say Janice meets him on the train, and I think that was a very smart decision because it kind of lets you know that say Janice was like, "No, I'm going with you. Like I'm I'm your brother. I'm going with you." Yeah, and I like the acting chemistry between the actors because I did buy it because I remember in the book I was saying like, oh, this must be so annoying. Yes. <laughs> like Janice just showed up and I'm like, oh, not you again. I thought he was going to get away from you and now here you are. You're going to be a pain in the ass. But no, the actors really sold their chemistry. It's like, listen, man, we're in this together for now at least. Mm-hmm. And then they get, the thing about it is, I mean, before he gets on the train, they send him to go get his um, his hair cut off. And I was like, okay, sexy light bulb. I love the haircut. It <laughs> <laughs> was so cute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, mmm. The actor, mm. Tom, he was being interviewed and he was asked, like, how do you feel about the thirst videos about you? And he knew exactly what she was talking about. So, because you know how fangirls are on social media when yeah. it's a certain character yeah so they were already thirsting for him before girl I looked those out. up after I came out the movie I said this sexy light bulb I gotta <laughs> see more <laughs> Dad, you said you enjoyed being in Pan Am and I said me too mm-hmm. I enjoyed being in 12 yeah there was something homely about it it's weird and not because of Katniss it wasn't because of her strange enough for me at least but I don't know. We've never spent this much time there. Yeah, it's like, wow, you guys actually have fun at the Mm -hmm, bar. mm -hmm. (laughs) I kind of want to go visit this bar and dance, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, it showed that life exists in 12. Like, these are families, and these people are, they go to work every day, yes, but they also, they have fun, and they go into these parties, and I really enjoyed being in 12. Could have spent more time in 12, but also did not need this movie to be any longer. (laughs) <laughs> no it was very long it was over two and a half hours yeah and I, I like you said too something had to be cut short in order mm-hmm. to spend more time listen you and i agreed on this on the book 
there but the games because it was mainly from Corey's perspective they really had to switch it up for the movie so i'm glad they expanded more of being in the arena and also following lucy during like the the moments of her hiding or the quiet moments so i i get that it was shorter here in part three but i'm not too mad at it yeah me neither Basically, in 12, you guys have, like I said, you've listened to our book review. So, you know, in 12, say Janice decides to start hanging out with Rebels. Um, then Corio betrays him and he ends up being hung. There was a change, I think, I don't remember. But when say Janice gets hung in this part of the movie, they play his recording from The Mockingjay. Uh-huh. Did that happen in the book? I don't think so. I don't think so because I thought that was a cool moment in the movie. And even when I saw the movie, I was I even though I've been saying like, oh, I see this coming, I see this coming, but I don't remember this part. And mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just lost in the moment. So you're right. I don't think it was. I don't think so. I love that change. And the reason why I love the change is because I think that's the moment that uh Lucy Gray starts to suspect that Coriolanus ain't shit. Yep. I agree. Oh, before I forget, too, um, the first hanging we see in part three, uh, like 20 minutes before, say, Genesis hanging, or like, I don't know, like 20 mm-hmm. before, that was intense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why, even though it was like a lot, but still, it was nice to see because it's like, this is what's happening, you know, in the districts and with the peacekeepers and the innocent people. Like, what did you think? Not to move away from that because that mm-hmm. was very heavy. Yeah. But it was heavy in the book, too. Um, and it also let us know that say Jenna's really not built for this business. He was going to try and save the lady. Sir, mm-hmm. you are on the wrong side to try and save that lady. You on the side of the people trying to kill her. Exactly. Corio <laughs> <laughs> had to grab his arm like, boy, if you don't sit down. <laughs> um, but I wanted to ask you this. So you know, um, he's with he's with Lucy Gray and they go to the lake and they bring her a flower. Yes, the Katniss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was like a nice little Easter egg for the fans of the OG series. I feel like that scene was an Easter egg for the final scene. So we're going to skip a little bit over part three. Like I said, I don't feel like it was the meat and potatoes of the movie. Uh, remember that scene in the movie? This was before they get into the cabin and things happen. But remember when he says, oh, I've killed three people. And she's like, mm-hmm. three? Who? And say, say, Janice. Mm-hmm. fortunately well we knew this was coming but still oh my Ooh. gosh yeah she goes who's the third I know about too but who's the third and then she look, he looks that girl dead in her eyes uh-huh. and lies through his teeth <laughs> he said <laughs> the old me and then like gives her a kiss uh-huh. and I was like ooh men be lying uh-huh. <laughs> it was so dramatic in a way because he's like I killed the old me so the man could be born I don't know it's <laughs> He's not wrong. Like it is like utter bullshit, but at the same time, I guess metaphorically, I don't know. I don't know. It was a solid lie because it was like if she was if she didn't already have that inkling. Because after she heard that voice note, because that's what I'm gonna call it. After she heard that voice <laughs> note at the hanging of Saint Janice, she already didn't didn't trust this man. And then he had the nerve to lie to her right there. She felt it, and she told him when they were in, when they were hanging out. Don't lie to me. All we have is the truth. He lied to her here. When they get in that cabin and he finds those guns and she says also the last link to everything you did is me now that you have the guns. And he goes, yeah. This is the part that I liked. And again, I thought it was very symbolic. She goes, I'm going to go pick some Katniss. Uh So she uses Katniss to escape from him. Uh Uh, Isn't that deep knowing who Katniss is though? in the future many many it all it's a full circle it's so strange i wanted to ask you how did you feel about that final scene when he's all by himself and he has the gun and the after the snake bites him and he's just sitting there i loved it uh it was so unhinged the way he was just like shooting at like everywhere and the birds and the birds were singing the song and you do get a quick glimpse of her too i'm like oh we get to see her really quick he shoots at her and what he thinks is her and he thinks he gets her and he never sees her ever again we never see her ever again and her footsteps but then the footsteps just disappear 
appeared like in her song like in her song the whole thing the Katniss was in the like in that same scene with the song her saying that you don't know and he said what happened to the girl in the song and she said she's a mystery just like me perfect way to like wrap up the Lucy Gray story right there pop a pen in it he goes back to base camp they send him to um, they tell him that he's going to two but he's not going to two he's actually going back to Dr. Gall which is the same thing that happens in the end of the book but um, then he goes and he visits Dean Highbottom after he's been with Dr. Gall for a little while and also this look with the hair growing back Mm -hmm. looks really good too you know I long hair I don't know, like Joker ish in a weird way. It was so quafted and well pomaded down. I was like, you're giving me like 1930s gangster and I'm here for it. Uh huh. I loved it, which is very much the Joker, 1930s gangster. Uh, I'm here for the slim shady vibe though, that in the, <laughs> in the, peacekeeper, the peacekeeper era. Oh, yeah. Listen, I <laughs> love that. Sexy light bulb, come on, light my way. <laughs> come on and light me up. <laughs> he really earned his keep. And I know I don't, this is not the type of movie that gets an Oscar nomination, but it was an amazing performance. I feel like they definitely cast the right actor for sure to be the lead here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that we do technically see him just like spiral downward. Yeah, and, like just getting deeper and deeper into like not like not I want to say his evil roots, but just becoming more the snow that we know. I really enjoyed the way he took snow and really played it and gave him more heart. I understood why he wanted to be in the capital. It was more for his family. So with that being said, what's your rating? I'll give it an eight. Same. The movie's an eight. Mm-hmm. I was torn between a seven and an eight, and I'm like, nope, nope. I really liked it because I wanted to immediately go watch it again as I walked out. And it's Same. been a while since I've been this excited for a movie. Mm-hmm. So. My other question to you, because I always have a question, so I feel like the way you always say, "Here's the thing." Mine is my other question. So, <laughs> 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 but my, my other question to you is, do you think they're going to make another one? And do you think they should? Because those are two different questions. I oh, do I think they're going to make another one? No. Should they? Yes. Because here's the thing. Even though we said like, oh, not everything needs a sequel or a franchise here, it would be nice because I would love to see like Hamish's games or Joanna's games or Phoenix. Mm-hmm. No. I, I remember telling you like, really, Snow? Like of all the characters? So if they wanted to revisit the games and someone else, we have options. So I think that they, the studio, want to make another one. But they can't figure out the angle on how to do it. Mm-hmm. I think what you said is a better angle. Let's look at games from Hamish's games or Joanna's game, just different games. But I think that they're going to try and keep us with Snow mm-hmm. if they give us a sequel. And I don't want that. Me Even either. though as much as I want to see more of him, I don't want it. Yeah. Well, before I forget, too, did you hear what um the, uh, the director, Francis Lawrence, said? Mm-mm. Uh, he says that um, he'll come back to make uh, film another one if Suzanne Collins writes the book. He said, "I'll do it when she's ready." I'll that's right. Uh huh. That's right. Uh huh. And I prefer his direction versus Gary Cross, who was the first director for the very first movie. I hated the shaky camera for that one. I hated it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about that too a, a while back. It's like it could have been better, but yeah. So his, the ones that he directed, really well done. I'm glad he came back for this, but. I think he and Suzanne understand the assignment. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm hoping, Suzanne, <laughs> I hope this finds a way to you, but I'm hoping that she does write more books. So she hasn't said anything about any more projects coming up anytime soon. So who knows? Who knows? But she does have options. It's a lovely world. We appreciate her for making it. I do, at least, because it's one of my favorites, the world of the Hunger Games I also feel like it's very deep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Her commentary on the world and humans and what happens when you need to survive. Really, really good, Suzanne. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening because I think we're all done, right? Oh, yes. All right. So, again, I know I said it before, but please follow, uh, like the podcast, rate and subscribe. Follow us on all the socials. Leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. 
Thank you for spending time with us here today. If time was money, you couldn't get it back. So thank you for spending it here with us. <music>